Today, we celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany. And as we celebrate the Feast of Epiphany, a couple things we're going to talk about. First, we need to go back to Matthew, where we started off today. The Gospel of St. Matthew, where we hear uh, chapter 2. And here in chapter 2, we go to verse 11. On entering the house, they found the child with Mary, his mother, and they prostrated themselves and did him homage. The first thing all of us are called to do before we do anything else, as I said in the beginning, is to lay our lives before God. And when you prostrate yourself, again, it's like, I'll never forget, it was a very important moment for me the day I was ordained. And when we get ordained, be it to the diaconate or priesthood, we go up into the sanctuary and we lay face down. I remember laying on the ground, my hands touching my head, and just thinking, I'm soon going to be a priest. Oh, Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm soon going to be a priest. And you are God. And how? And then just focusing on, Lord, I can't even think about myself at this moment. I'm so sorry, Lord. You are God. You are our God. And just to be so caught up in a moment of whose presence we are in, that we are in the presence of Almighty God. You know, there's a story told about a uh, uh, minister coming and he was visiting a Catholic priest. And he was going and the priest was showing him the church. And as he was showing him the church, you know, of course, the priest went and went before the tabernacle and the priest genuflected. And the minister says, why do you genuflect like that? And he says, well, because we believe that God is fully present in the Blessed Sacrament. 100% God. Fully God. Divinity, humanity, flesh, blood, everything about God in Jesus Christ is in the tabernacle. And the minister says, I would never get off my knees before him if I believed that. He would never get off his knees before God if he truly believed that he was present in the Blessed Sacrament. If you ever go to the Taze community in France, Brother Roger, I think Brother Roger became a Catholic recently, but I'm not sure. But even before he ever did that, you know, it's a community of all denominations. And as soon as he finds out you're a Catholic or a priest, he will literally grab you by the arm and drag you into the tent where they have the Blessed Sacrament and fall on his knees and he'll say, Behold God, behold God. That we are in the presence of God. huh? And sometimes I think all of us forget that we are truly in the presence of God physically. You know, mercy, mercy. If someone says, if Jesus Christ would appear to me, Father, what do you want? He's right here. He's right here, completely God. We are in the presence of God. And what doesn't click? We all know that here, don't we? Of course we do. But does it click like, whoa, I am in God's presence completely and fully. And so we need to acknowledge that. What we do is we forget and acknowledge that he is truly here. Now, if you continue, now that we believe that he's here, and the kings believed that he was here, and the astrologers believed. Now we have to go to the second reading in Ephesians. And we go to Ephesians chapter 3. And he tells here that I am a prisoner, but he says, I have come in verse 4. When you read that I have said, you will realize I know that I am talking about and in speaking in the mystery of Christ unknown to men in former ages, but now revealed by the Spirit to the holy apostles and prophets. It is no less than this. 
In Christ Jesus, the Gentiles are now co-heirs with the Jews, members of the same body, and sharers of the promise through the preaching of the gospel. Now, what that means is that it's for us that God is a God of all people, not just for a certain people. He's not just for the Jewish people. He's not just for the Catholic people. He's for all people. And all people must come to know his love. And that's what we need to focus on today. I believe, you know, you can tell I moved into the community this past weekend. You go down in my office, I have all my pictures up and all the butt lamps and but everything. Because what I believe that we're going to become is we've got to be a center of evangelization. That what happens, we must burn, burn in need for souls. Today, when you walk out of here, I hope you pick up uh, the prayer of the uh, uh, the prayer for the year 2000. This is put out by the diocese. It's a beautiful prayer, and I want you to take it with you and pray it every day. And one of the things it says here about that there are so many people, most of the world have never even heard of Jesus Christ. Think about that. Only 32% of the world's Christian, which means most of the world has never even heard of Jesus Christ. What are you doing about that? What am I doing about that? You know, it's kind of like we're on a life raft and the storm, the Titanic just went down, and we're on the raft. And there are people dying around us, but we're praising the Lord. Hey, praise God, praise you, Jesus. And there's people dying around us. Well, we got to stop for a second. When we worship him, he says, would you take care of my brothers and sisters, please? And we got to start pulling them into the raft, huh? Or they're going to drown. They're going to die. And most of the world right now is dying. Most of the world and most of the people you're working with right now are dying. And we got to be more concerned about them than we got to be about our own selves. We got to be reaching out and pulling them into that lifeboat, huh? There's a story that said that at the end of our life, there's only going to be one question that Jesus asks us when we stand before him in judgment. And that's going to be, where is your brothers and sisters? Did you bring anybody with you? Huh? Are we concerned? Are we consumed with just bringing people to the Lord Jesus Christ? One of my kids, he was the biggest pagan I ever had at, uh, at cathedral prep, believe it or not. And one day as I was sitting there and he's turning in the back, his name is Justin Fatika, who's home right now. And this Justin Fatika, which was the biggest pain in my back pew ever. Huh? Biggest pain. He would sit there and I would teach, when I first started teaching, he would sit there with his feet off, his shoes off. And I turn around once, I was only at prep for about three weeks. And as he was sitting there, he had his shoes off and his feet up in the desk in front of him. Huh? And I told this story at group one night. And as I sat there, I turned around and I said, you get those feet off that desk now. And he looked at me and said, you say please. Oh, well, father almost killed son. You get the heck out of his room now. I went into such a tirade. It was unbelievable, huh? He ran around and told everybody, the reason no one goes to cathedral prep is because of Father Larry. He's a jerk. He's a jerk. Some people might feel that way. Huh? He's a jerk. He's a jerk. You know, and, oh, and every time he saw me, he was a jerk. He's a jerk. He saw me at a football game with Father Dedish. Father Larry's a jerk. He's a jerk. And hated my guts. Isn't that nice? 
Well, usually the ones that hate my guts are the ones that usually come around the most because I just kept getting at him. And I said, Justin, one day you're going to realize I'm hard on you because I love you. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then he made a tech with me, and Justin came to complete conversion. Complete conversion. That he became so much on fire for Jesus Christ. His whole senior year of prep with me last year was on fire. He'd actually go and grab kids for daily mass, and he'd take them and put them in headlocks and drag them into morning mass like this. So you're going to mass, understand, you're weak, you're weak, you get the mass. wonder where he gets that from. And then he'd do and do that. And then we'd have prayer group on Tuesday nights just for the guys of prep. And one night we had over 20 guys there. And as we're going, I'm going around, tell me now, how did each of you come to know Jesus Christ? And the one night with these 20 men there, five of the men said, I came to know Jesus Christ because of Justin Fatika. Now here's a senior at the Cathedral Prep a senior in high school who brought five people along with him to the kingdom. How many people have you brought along with you to the kingdom? If this kid's doing it now, now he's at Seton Hall and he calls and he says, Father, I'm on fire, I'm on fire. I just keep getting him and dragging him in. Ah, oh, Father, it's doing great. You know, and so he's going to be a priest, of course, by God's grace. But so, and he is, that's what he wants. But the radical conversion, what happened when he came to know the love, when he, you should see him pray when he falls down on his knees before God. And what's happened is this love burns in him so much that the only thing he wants, the only thing, is to bring other people. The only reason he did not go to seminary this, in this past year, as he should have, is he says, Father, I'm too much on fire for Christ. i got to bring everybody. If I go to seminary, I ain't going to be able to do anything except uh, study. I want to go there and grab people and bring them into my lifeboat. And that's what we got to be doing. That if we're going to be people like the three kings, those three kings went back in all the world now, of course, is Christian. I mean, is no, we've heard of Jesus anyway in some way or another. The gospel has went out to all nations. It's not just for the few, it's for the many. And we got to be the ones who proclaim that. So what I'm calling us to today, and when I get the men afterwards, it's going to get much stronger than this. What I'm calling us today is that we become a parish of evangelization that we become a parish that burns for souls, that we go and create and fulfill the Great Commission. The Great Commission is, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That's the commission of Christ. That's not my word. That's not the church's word. That's the word of Jesus Christ. Go therefore and make disciples. So that we need to become people who make disciples of all nations. And we start that by making sure that we are disciples ourselves. The disciple falls down in adoration of God and has a deep and profound love of Jesus Christ. Talk about one other example of a disciple as we go on. The other day after I left here, I went over to the Carmelites. And Sister Christine's usually the one that opens and talks to you through the door. And they go, praise be Jesus Christ. And I said, now and forever, amen. And I says, oh. And they go, hello, Father Larry. And of course, you can't see each other. They know my voice by now. And I says, oh, hi, sister. Who's this? And it was uh, the other one of the sisters. And I said, where's Sister Christine? And she says, you don't know? And I says, no. What? And she goes, well, she has leukemia. And she's been down in the hospital since November. And so here she is, has leukemia. 
very bad. And she's going through real intensive chemotherapy. And she says, you know, Father, Sister has been such a witness, such a disciple of Jesus, that one of the doctors is not a believer. And he said, Sister, if I wasn't, if I really believed, I've never been a believer, but I want to become one because of you. Because she has such peace. And as soon as she was told that she had leukemia, Sister Christine says, well, I'm in a win-win situation. And the doctor says, what do you mean? He says, well, if I die, I get to be with Jesus forever. And if I live, I get to go back to Carmel. And she has never stopped smiling once. Remember last week I told you, preach the gospel every day. And if necessary, use words. Sister Christina is a disciple of Jesus Christ, Sister Christina. Because she spends quality time with Christ every day. She burns for love with Jesus. And then all she wants to do is carry that love out to everyone she meets. Everyone. So we're called today to humble ourselves before Jesus and truly be his disciple. And then to go forth and make disciples of everyone we meet. By the end of next year, this place should be packed with the disciples that we have made for Jesus Christ. You got it? Get it? Good.